Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening, where we are set to talk about the world's stage, finding Christ in cinema. And at your request this Wednesday evening, we are going to talk about Paul, the Apostle of Christ. And I'm really excited this evening because I not only have Father Mike Ritter in studio with me, but also a returning guest, uh, Chris Seibert. So Father Mike, great to have you with me this evening. Thanks, Joe. It's good to be here. It's great to have Chris here. We've been friends for uh, years, I mean, the three of us. So it's kind of a treat to ha- to be able to have this uh, trio uh, in the studio this Yeah, evening. I'm excited. I'm excited. Certainly, Chris, it's been uh, quite some time. Yeah, thank you for having me back, Joe. Who would not want to be in the presence of Father Mike and Joe Holcraft <laughs> at one time? Yeah. There you go. Up. All right, we're, I, I already sense that this... this it's getting kind of heavy in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, so... As I noted, Paul, the Apostle of Christ, and a request that came to me, came to us with a kind of sub-request to focus in on the humanity of St. Paul, and given the nature of our pre-game discussion, certainly that will be a point of emphasis for us this evening. And it's hard not to note that, you know, last week was Holy Week, yeah, and we were kind of getting inside of the passion, the suffering, the death, and the, and the new life, uh, the resurrection from the dead of Jesus, and now... Uh, immediately in these central figures in the gospel, and it's hard to think of a more central figure in the, go- in the early church than St. Paul. Yeah. We're seeing this uh, Paschal mystery recapitulating itself now in the body of the church, uh, the early Christians, but in a particular way, uh, the, uh, the call to new life that emerges from Paul's own suffering. And we see uh, the movie set almost exclusively in the context of uh, Paul's being in prison and his impending death. Yeah, and the... Um the gospel message being lived so in living color there with Paul mm. in chains, going forth and, and proclaiming the gospel uh, by his life yeah. you know, and by his death. Yeah, it really is an extraordinary thing to think about. Here you have this man, Saul, who was the greatest persecutor of the church, is now the greatest evangelizer of the church. But to pull back and to reflect upon just not his preaching and his catechesis, But what drove him is what this movie is about, right? Yes, he was a great preacher. And yes, he was a great teacher. He was a great catechist. But above all else, what this movie brings home is what drove him to do what he did in his evangelizing work and his catechetical work. Love. Love. This was the source, right? All of his preaching, all of his teaching was anchored in love. And when you read his text, when you read his corpus, it is very easy to kind of get caught up in the externals. But this movie unveiled who this man was, a man who loved, right? A man who loved and did everything because of that love that drove him. That's, for me, kind of the the essence of what this movie was bringing home. What comes to me, uh, Joe, through the portrayal, and again, I'm going, the, the, uh, the actor's name is escaping me. James Faulkner. James yeah. Faulkner. Um, he really embodied this um, uh, this quote as I was watching the movie. This quote of uh, Augustine: "Get out of the way, and the truth will roar like a lion." Mm. You know, mm. it was it was more of a 
I think of Paul as like this really outward guy and and constantly, you know, out there preaching. And this was more of a nuanced uh, Paul for me, and I and I loved it because he was just very at peace with where he was, who he was, what he was doing it for, and he communicated that really powerfully, uh, mm. and maybe. Uh, uh, a little more understated way where you just felt this man, he's at the end of his his journey, and he was ah, kind of exhaling and just saying, you know, this, <laughs> this is the truth. Every time he, he came in, in contact with his, his jailers, yeah. even with Luke, he was very much just, this is the truth. This, yeah. is, this is what I've been called to, to be. We have to remember something that Paul is what? A spiritual father. Chris, you and I are fathers, of course. Father Mike, you're a priest, you're a spiritual father. We all encounter that tension of when to be firm and when to be gentle. Mm -hmm. Because in so many ways, as a father, it's about being firm when, when you're called to be firm and gentle when you're called to be gentle, but always in love. And this is not some passive love, but a love that is an ardent love, a love that is on fire. And for St. Paul, a love that is on fire for souls. He saw all of those who he was ministering to as his children, and he loved his children with an ardent love. Just to bring this into the arena of kind of the premise of our show and, and Von Balthasar, the world stage, we were talking, Chris, about what, what made this movie so powerful. And you kind of suggested that it was just the, the flesh and blood of it and the seeing the, the story that we all know so well, we're familiar with these texts, seeing it uh, dramatized for us somehow made it, made it real. I think it's easy sometimes, particularly with someone like Paul, to get a little bit lost in the text. Hmm. Uh, sometimes his uh, prose, for lack of a better word, or at least in translation, is difficult to follow. Mm -hmm. Oddly, I've had a lot of people come up to me over the years and say, I really don't like Paul, he's arrogant. Yeah, you know, yeah. You'll, but yeah. uh, this really brought out the the tender fatherhood side of yes. things. On the one hand, the other thing that's so striking for me, and 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 you kind of mentioned this, Chris, is that we're talking about uh, a great Christian hero, like a masterful preacher, um, seeing the humanity of Paul as part of that uh, being a hero and a preacher was something powerful in this movie. Um, I mean, it's clear in the text, his gospel is so rooted in the cross, and, uh, you know, it, it's hard to get away from the theological piece until you see, in a dramatic form, uh, his death to self in, in a very radical uh, transformation of life, and his suffering, being in prison and being a shipwreck, that Paul's theology was not uh, intellectual gymnastics or, or arrogance, but uh, it had a deep uh, point of origin in his own life. So, so for me, I, I found that uh, to be wonderful. I also find that to be a, a great call or a great consolation for us who preach out of the stuff of our life, too, the Paschal Mystery. Yeah, you spoke of the, the being shipwrecked. We read in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 25 to 29, and I thought if we would read something, it would be this, because mm -hmm. it does certainly bring home what you're talking about there, Father Mike. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I have been shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brethren, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure upon me of my anxiety for all the churches who is weak. And I am not weak. And of course, Galatians 2, 
uh, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, this is, I think, the great uh, evangelical preaching power for Paul. Like Jesus, there's no separation between the Word and who he is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, for the church, that's the great uh, takeaway for me and Paul, this, uh, the preacher and the Word that's preached, uh, there, is, there isn't this distance that we so often find in our lives. And that's what I think the movie brought home for me is the humanity of Paul, the way you referenced that, Father Mike. This is a living, breathing person, and we get caught up, or I guess I feel like I get numbed to Paul sometimes. Hmm. Okay, here he goes, and and there's going to be really long sentences, and he's going to talk about these themes that come up again and again, and you don't realize danger means you're living on the edge of a sword. (laughs) Uh, Not only for Paul but for the Christian, the way, the, the faithful in Rome, first century, I, I, I was sitting there watching this going, yes, I need to see this. I need to see the reality of the situation that Paul lived in and dealt with every day of his converted life, almost, it seems, and then the people themselves, what kind of uh, danger they were in. It was not a vague, out-there danger. It was you know, right outside the gate kind of danger. Yeah, well, you mentioned the way, right? The way, capital W, Chris, was what Christianity was in the first century. And the reason why they called it the way was was because of the way of the cross. The idea is you were actually on this path, and ever before you was this mystery of the cross, and there was no way of diverting you from that way. And when Nero and his troops are you know, at your door, certainly yeah. you're going to be reminded of that constantly which then, for St. Paul, ought to have you thinking more critically about how you live the concreteness of your day-to-day earthly affairs, you know, everyday life, in light of your faith. You know, and that you can actually, as Colossians 1.24, many other verses remind us, can find joy in it. You know, guys, if there's one question that I get asked a lot, it is, how can you find joy in suffering? And gosh, make no mistake about it, we all know that is a difficult thing for every human being. But by the grace of God, St. Paul reminds us, when we conform our walk with God along the way with the crucified Christ and all of the redemptive value that can be found in it, as Paul reminds us in Colossians 1.24, there are elements of joy. I think about my courtship with my wife, Jackie. I find, by the grace of God, great joy in serving her, especially when she is sick. I can't say that I always feel that way, right? (laughs) But there are times that I do. And I've asked myself, gosh, why is it that I am as happy a husband right now than in most moments of my courtship and marriage with with Jackie? There's something about sharing and the mystery of, of other that awakens something within you. And I think the deeper truth is we are wired for God. And as such, the deeper truths that will bring peace to us is when we tap into how we are wired for God and what God has in store for us. And I think a scene that is most powerful for me, because the figure of Luke, I know we would get to him, but um, uh, St. Luke, I think, is, you know, he's still going through conversion Mm. in this story. Mm. Um, he He is fleshing out everything, and of course, Paul is his mentor, but... um. The moment I think that was most powerful for Luke in this story, the way it was portrayed, is 
him doing that very thing that you do for Jackie, he was doing for the people who were basically uh, in the holding area for Nero's circus. They knew what was coming. Yeah. Okay. And there is Luke. What was he doing? He was ministering to these folks. And I think in ministering to them, he reached um, another level of conversion and joy. And I think that's where, you know, maybe for his story in in this um, in this movie, yeah. uh, there was like a culmination of it. Okay, this is it. This is this is who I have to be from here on out. Yeah, guys. And here we ought to know that the spiritual masters remind us that there is a link between peace and joy, that deep interior resolve that one has, and then the joy that springs forth from it. So there's a link here between peace and joy. Yeah, I, you know, I look at my own uh, life and, and experience of difficulty and whatnot, and um, when there's a certain uh, sense of rightness to the struggle in which you're currently involved, there is that peace. And it's not to say that peace means no pain. I I often think of the, uh, the, we're in the Easter season now, the Easter greeting of the resurrected Jesus is always, peace be with you, and all those people he's talking to end up end up going off getting killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. what kind of peace... Are you, are you sure about that, Lord? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of peace is this? And so I think we really have to uh, reframe our thinking about that there, that, um, and I think that the dramatization of the movie helps, putting the human struggle, the human face on it, because um, intellectually we get this, but getting it into that heart place where... Um, you know, I think that the great discipline of St. Paul was, uh, or, or the, the root uh, of, of his peace was in part uh, his great detachment. Mm. Not in the sense that things weren't important, but his ability to embrace uh, success and failure, freedom, imprisonment, uh, r- you know, richness, poverty, whatever. Like, he, he, that, that kind of radical, de- de- uh, radical detachment by which um, it's the rightness of it. Yeah. And uh, I think if we just look at our own story for love, for family, for whatever, uh, for your sick spouse, I mean, when when there's that kind of rightness, there is a peace. Although this is not pleasant at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think in that context, we can make sense of a Lord who says peace and breathes peace on his apostles and then sends them out to die. Yeah, one cannot help but think of Jesus in the Sea of Galilee and the tempest winds. Right? Uh, what does Jesus say? Peace, be still. Mm. So Jesus, in covenant harmony with his Father, has the confidence to look into the eye of the storm and say, peace, be still. And this, I think, is the underlining truth to what peace is all about. Huh? I mean, it's not the absence of warfare, but spiritual welfare, that welfare that is captured in being in covenant harmony with God. And I think, uh, Joe, you know, the part of the story where I identified myself most as I was watching is with the, the um, you know, the, the Christians who were uh, living in, in seclusion, basically, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and how the, um, y- you know, they're living on the edge of a sword, and I, and, I, and I looked at myself saying, okay, what would I have done? They had to make decisions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Are we going yeah. to stay in Rome and try and continue to, you know, um, minister to those here and to offer this peace? In the midst of uh, violence, or do we do we get out and try and build this somewhere else? Yeah, and it was very organic. It wasn't, mm. you know, we always have the the uh, ease of retrospect when we're reading scripture. And this, w- these were people that were living it, and they were having very real debates about mm-hmm. it. Priscilla and Aquila, do we stay? Yeah, do we go. Yeah, you know, um, 
<laughs> it wasn't like it was painting by numbers. They, they, this was very organic. Execution or exile, right? Execution right. or exile is, is what was before all of those early Christians, especially as the book of Acts draws out Priscilla yeah. or Aquila. And bringing this home for us, we were talking about this in the pregame, uh, that uh, I'd come across this article suggesting that uh, today there, are, there is more persecution of Christians in mm-hmm. the world than at any other time in history. In a sense, this drama inside of the body of Christ continues to play mm-hmm. itself out. And so these questions, and, and, and I want to say that, that that same grace, that heroic, uh, powerful grace is still uh, at work and available uh, to the, the body of Christ Christians of today, and, and the same uh, decision has to be made. Mm-hmm. If I find, uh, for me, for us as, as Christian people, uh, a great consolation in this film, or in the person of Paul, it's just that Paul was the worst. You know, he was the farthest. <laughs> I mean, he was so wrong, Saul, yeah, right? He yeah. was so wrong. But yeah. he became, uh, through the grace of the Lord, a grace which is available to us. I mean, the, the greatest preacher of the gospel apart from Jesus himself. And uh, you know what I would hold out to us as, as the church today in the same drama uh, for salvation is that uh, there's just no one of us who's too far off to become a, an incredible preacher uh, of the gospel if we can preach out of the integrity of the experience of Christ and out of the flesh and bones uh, of our life. Uh, without um, positing that kind of distance between the Word and who we are, as we tend to do. Amen. You could argue, really, that if there was an overarching theme that was being played out in this movie, it was forgiveness. Mm. That there isn't any one thing that you can do so bad or, or so grave that you are not apart from God's grace, that God is just waiting for you to be reconciled with Him. And that's part of the ardent love we were talking about earlier, guys. We, we often tie ardor to preaching and catechesis, rightfully so. But John Paul II would include in that, before we go out there as these great on-fire preachers and catechists, we have to express that ardent love of forgiveness, mm. right? Of forgiveness. We have to be willing to go above and beyond. And if there's anything that this movie brought home, it is that you cannot have love without suffering. Mm. You, you cannot have love without the renunciation of myself, because only then, out from that, can I truly become who I am called to be. This letting myself go so as to let others live as they ought. And we do that when we forgive. Mm. You know, we forgive for our own sake, but also for others' sake. So, the, so they no longer hate us as much as they want to hate us, or vice versa. I think we've all been on both sides of that coin, right? Forgiveness lies at the heart of this movie as it lies at the heart of the corpus of Paul, this ardent forgiveness. And that's so resonant with me, um, taking his preaching and then to, to lived forgiveness. I, I was in Rome a couple of times, and it's interesting. That I would say, in all honesty, probably one of the most prayerful experiences I had in Rome was at uh, the Basilica St. Paul outside the mm. walls. Beneath mm. the altar, you have his chains there. <laughs> yeah. And I must have spent an hour kneeling in front of those chains. Mm. And um, the text, the Pauline corpus or whatever, it begins to make sense when you spend some time and, and ponder the man in chains. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that our great authenticity and our great integrity has to do with the way in which we engage with the concept of forgiveness and all that, we get it. But the way this man lived it, the way it was dramatized in the film, I think, it's great, great power. And that was something we had not spoken about, Father Mike, but I had the same experience. Mm-hmm. Um, had a great gift to go to Rome uh, with 
you know, we're talking about family with some of my children, and they remember this very well. Mm. Um, for all of us, that might have been the most profound part of our pilgrimage to Rome yeah. was St. Paul outside the walls and going under that altar mm-hmm. and seeing those chains. Again, it's, you're, you're looking at tangible objects. Mm. This is no longer a theoretical, um, you know, uh, intellectual journey. It is a tangible and, you know, very physical. Oh, yeah. And in that place, I couldn't help but, uh, (sighs) I mean, make this prayer over and over is that, you know, I have chains too. I too am in chains. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was true for you can also be true for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think in the dramatization, again, that, that becomes real for us in the watching of the film. Right. And one more thing, Father, when you said not, you know, the, the church is being persecuted now more than it ever has in history. That, for me, was bringing home that it wasn't just first century Rome mm. as I was watching this. This is in my time as well. It's, uh, We're watching our own story. Yes. Which is the yeah. von Balthasar yeah. thing, right? Yeah, it is. And I can't help but think again of uh, John Paul II. He was once asked, you know, Holy Father, Holy Father, why have you canonized so many saints? He says, uh, we need... <laughs> all those saints to be interceding for us. And also, we need to be reminded that we live in an age of great, great persecution. And as we live in this age of great persecution, we need more models of love. Because if there's any one thing, if there's any one thread that binds just not the saints that, of course, John Paul II canonized, but all of the saints, it is this deeper sense of what it means to bear offenses patiently and to forgive offenses willingly as they lived out from their own detachment for God. As one of my favorite theologians stated, uh, Scott Hahn, in one of his books, I don't know where, but he said, this world is a saint-making yes. machine. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a great line. I, I just want to point out that my favorite theologian is Joe Holcraft. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that aside, aye, aye, aye. you know, again, this, this discussion of the saints of the movie, one of the things that I think is so important to be said it's easy for us to dismiss the great figures of Christianity as saints because, well, of course, St. Paul was great. Of course he was. He was St. Yeah. Paul. But, I mean, it's so imp- the Church gives us saints because St. Paul was a real man who, yeah. who struggled, who struggled with God, who struggled with his weakness. And the, the grace that was real for Paul is a grace that's real for you and me, too. We can't write off a radical call to holiness as belonging to th- that other class of people because we are of that same caste. Yeah, that radical call to holiness, that universal call to holiness. Certainly, this is one of the great themes of Vatican II, the universal call to holiness. As you were talking, Father Mike, one of the things I was made to think about and go back to was St. Luke in this movie, because one of the things that was being played out for me on the stage as it relates to Luke is that, yes, he has written the gospel, and yes, he wrote the book of Acts, the, the first history book of the church, but before all of that, he had his own encounter. He was a companion of Paul's. And as a companion of Paul's, you can well imagine the kind of conversations they had. Well, the producers, writers, and directors took it upon themselves to imagine, rooted in sacred scripture, of course, what those conversations looked like. And I loved how they portrayed Luke's struggle, how on a few occasions, Luke was looking back at St. Paul and, you know, saying to himself, what are you talking about, yeah, man? He took the how, off. how am I to love this person or that mm-hmm. person? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And St. Paul just, he didn't get in his mug per se, but man, he challenged him. Mm-hmm. That there is something deeper going on, and it's, it's bigger than you. 
Well, and and St. Luke, of course, is a physician, so he's coming to faith from a very Mm. reasonable Mm. and, well, I should say reasoned and very intellectual and, you know, a different place than maybe some of the, you know, the teenagers that were living behind the walls, you know, uh, in the the Christian community were. So we, we come to Christ in so from so many different paths and Luke was kind of illustrating that for me as well. Well, I really walk away from this movie with a with kind of a renewed desire to engage with the text and maybe mm. because Amen. the the acts of the apostles Paul, I mean this is Easter season, it's a great time to dig into that uh that material and so that might be a call that we all walk away with uh that kind of coincides with this this liturgical moment, uh, really getting inside of Paul acts of the apostles uh that, that sense of calling, I come away with that. Amen. If there's one thing for me, it's what's that great line that comes to us from his corpus, that uh, without the resurrection, our faith is in vain. Uh, so without this new life, our faith is in vain, so encounter this new life. And of course, this is what is before us in Paul's text and certainly in the book of Acts. <laughs> Sometimes we forget in our Christian life the most important piece, Jesus is risen from the dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but that's it's so central when you look at these figures, the the Paschal Mystery, and we're in that time. We, we ought to bring that back to the center. Amen. He is risen indeed. And you know what I think I'm going to take from uh, this portrayal by Faulkner again is I'm going to be reading Paul, and I'm going to see the nonverbals that he did a great job of portraying. Mm. You know, sometimes you could just see him let out a heavy sigh. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could feel that, mm. yet he persevered, yet that, that... he kept going in tech took the next step and the next step and the next step, even when it was kind of a, a blind step. That's, yeah. that's for me, a, a great takeaway. Amen. That human side. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, uh, I get one of those every time I get a phone call from Joe. <laughs> so, here we go. Okay, we're going to wrap up before Father Mike gets carried away here. <laughs> All right, Father Mike, can you close this with a word of You know, guys, prayer? it's great to be with you, and we give Amen. thanks to God our Father for... Um, for his call, for his presence in our lives, and for that, that great grace to, to live and preach the gospel, which continues to be alive in the Church. And we ask Almighty God for your blessing, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And just by way of postscript, next week we are going to talk, uh, the Black Panther mm. has mm. been a big request, mm. so great. the Black Panther. All right, amen. Godspeed. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.